Welcome back to Three Decades of Tragedy, a history of the Thirty Years' War. No long intro today. Remember, I have a Patreon. If you want to support me, go over there. The link will be in the description on the episode. So, last time, we covered the introduction and the moves to get to the Battle of White Mountain, ending on them both meeting up around the hills near White Mountain on November 8th. So, on the 7th or 8th, the king went back to Prague to ask for more money to pay the troops because last time, as I mentioned, he got the troops to forego a pay period in order to keep fighting. Anhalt then set up his troops around the hills near White Mountain, blocking the way to Prague. The morning of the 8th was misty, and the first thing of active combat was a bunch of Bethlehem's troops that he sent to assist the, the Bohemians came into the main camp having been repulsed by Tilly due to them being at a sort of a watch post, a, a guard post to, for information. Tilly then moved up his troops to around a quarter of a mile away from the main line of the Protestants. They hid behind the steep hills of the area protecting the Imperial Army from the artillery and other ranged other end units. That was definitely a good move on their part, because the quarter of a mile to an army is fairly close. Anhalt then predicted that the Imperials would not make a move until the fog and mist cleared up, since the Protestants were on a hill and in a much better defensive position to fight off the Imperial Army. He thought the Imperials were also unaware of the numbers of the Protestants, so he drew up his army around 8 a.m. in preparation for an attack. His line was about a mile long, with most of his cavalry on the wings and cannon and infantry in the center. On his right flank, he, they created makeshift fortifications called the Star, and the left was protected by a steeper incline, which, in theory, would give them an advantage in combat. Any of you play Total War or something to that effect, it's the hills have an advantage thing, or higher terrain has an advantage. A good majority of Anhalt's army was actually more undisciplined militia, which was reinforced by mercenaries. So he tried to spread veteran German cavalry to shore men up and have some support from more veteran troops. Unfortunately, the Germans mostly remained on the left flank of the army, and the Bohemians were mostly on the right flank. And the king's banner was placed in the center with mostly mercenary troops. The Hungarians were also placed on the far left to act as a flanking force against the Imperial Army. On the Imperial side of the engagement, the commanders were not in full agreement about engaging in a large-scale battle, being worried about attacking an entrenched enemy on a hill. Bakoy, who I mentioned previously had been injured in a previous skirmish, was unable to take command, but he was against an assault. He wanted to draw the enemy off the hill and position the Imperial Army in a position that they could threaten Prague, well, thus forcing a battle on their terms. Maximilian, on the other hand, wanted this resolved with a battle and wanted this done quickly. He ordered Tilly to attack the rebel right flanks, which would be the Imperial left flank, but that assault failed and was pushed back. By the time the attack had finished, the mist of the morning had cleared and a full assault would be ordered by Maximilian. Just so people can guesstimate numbers, the rebels had around 15 to 20,000 men, and the Imperials had around 20 to 25,000. Stats vary, certain people report certain things, it's tricky to sometimes figure out exact numbers. So I'm giving you a ballpark guesstimate on what on what they are. Educated ballpark guesstimate, but a guesstimate. Anhold, for some reason, assumed the Imperials would not fight this battle due to them being beaten off and not wanting to engage in an enemy in a stronger defensive position, which would have negated that number advantage, in theory at least. Unfortunately for him, the Imperial Army did attack and the rebels were caught unaware, with a frontal attack with artillery support coming up the hill to engage the rebel forces. The Bohemians on the right flank of the rebel army actually held out Partially because they were led by Anhalt's son, and that attack was repulsed. The left flank was engaged, and there was was more back and forth there. 
but the Imperials had an advantage on the left flank. And the center was pushed back, which gave the Imperials room to take the plateau in which the center was, was being held, which gave them a much better advantage and a much more even fighting plane. The men in the center were less well-equipped and were more likely to mutiny due to low morale, not believing in the, in the cause, that sort of thing. So as the Imperials pressed them, much of the, of the center broke and routed, leaving the rebels with no real central line or whatever remained. It had to be almost emergency put together by the officers that are holding the center. The Hungarians were also pushed back heavily on the far left and therefore were in full retreat by the middle of the battle, crossing the Moldau River. Seeing that, the left flank then broke and they fled back to Prague for safety, with the left and the center falling apart, partially due to Bukoy gathering up the reserve force of the Imperial Army to assist on all the fronts. The right flank then eventually fell, with Anholt's son being surrounded by enemies and injured twice, and therefore captured, with, and the rest of the army seeing that, and they broke and routed. It was basically an all-out route from the battle, and the King's Banner and 100 cannon were captured, with only the Moravian lifeguard holding out until the last man, which, well, it didn't do much in the long term, you know, hats off to them for standing their ground. The rebels lost around 1,600 troops, with around 1,200 injured, with most of the men actually escaping, and the Imperials lost only around 650. An important thing to note for casualties is, I forget if I mentioned that in my military history episode, or military episode, but a lot of battles in this period were less casualty heavy, but it was more about breaking the morale and causing enemies to rout and run. That was more of an important thing than causing mass numbers of death and injuries. So it's not uncommon to have an like an army of 30,000 take 3,000 casualties and retreat, or, or rout in that case. From my point of view, this battle was a sign of how disorganized and badly in shape the rebels were. Their command wasn't great, they had low morale, men were not getting paid. It was not a good sign, so the fact that much of the center and the left folded made a lot of sense. So it was less that Imperials pull off an amazing strategic victory or tactical victory. It was more that the Imperials were attacking an already weakened force from a morale standpoint, and it was easier to cause them to break. Not, not to say that Tilly it wasn't a great commander. It's that the forces he was facing were not the best forces in, in the world. With the way I've described the rebels going so far in this war, it kind of made sense that why they were the way they were. In the aftermath of this defeat, Anholt made his way back to Prague to tell the king about the loss. The king was actually treating with two English diplomats and were casually preparing for either no battle or a victory. But the king heard commotion coming from the front and saw a mass thousands of troops running to Prague. So he went out to see what was going on and Anholt ran into him and told him he had to flee the city. The king listened to that and by the next day, he had took as much of his stuff as he could along with his wife's possessions, which included her jewelry, which supposedly paid for the next several years of their life. The king then gathered in a nearby town to get a read of the situation and what happened. And that's when Anholt gave a breakdown of the battle, which later in this episode, I will read a section of that on who he blamed for the battle and why they lost it. But one interesting note I will add here is he also doubled the size of the Imperial Army in order to make it look like less of a bad loss because 15,000 to 20,000 versus versus 40,000 looks a lot better on you than 15,000, 20,000 versus 20,000 to 25,000. It's a common military thing of people exaggerating the size of the army in defeat and in loss. Eventually that fell and the king fled, fled further, but we're not going to be tracking that. All you need to know is his kingdom was done. The kingdom of Bohemia was, no, was not going to be ruled independently. Prague then fell into confusion and due to this loss of of a military and the king was gone, there was a complete collapse of rebel morale 
And even Maximilian was surprised by this. He was expecting there to be have still have to be siege and dogged resistance that was going to be beaten, but he expected there to be longer. Instead, the city was almost wide open to enter, and there proceeded to be about at least a week of looting, pillaging despite the orders of "Hey, don't don't pillage, don't." I mean, uh, not, not don't pillage, but no raping, no killing, no burning property, but. Unfortunately, it happened in some records. The gates were closed so people couldn't flee or run away from the sacking. So yes, the barbarity of this war and the looting and pillaging left, that, that's not going to stop anytime soon. So, to read a section about what Anne Holt said, this is a long document, so I'm just going to read a paragraph or two. Your Majesty will understand from this account the real reasons for our defeat, and will also understand that the defeat wasn't caused by the enemy's valor, but by our good for- but by their good fortune and divine help they received. Surely God wanted to punish us for our sins, mostly because of the awful treatment and bad pay bestowed on our soldiers. Seeing the estates of Bohemia want their ruin and disbandment, those soldiers were reduced to extreme despair and bad behaviors, such that no chief or officer could order them to fight anymore. For me to start a proper explanation for those matters, their faults and imperfections, and why I want to separate them from the aforementioned estates and provinces, I would need the, re- the reams of paper to do the justice. Your Majesty knew, knew, that, knew about this, even if you couldn't remedy the matter in any way possible to you. However, this generation of people, all was in vain, as the unhappy outcome proved. I will pass over the pursuit and how, the, how your Majesty decided to withdraw to the old town, as all of this happened in your presence. I will add one thing, though, that if the enemy had, got, had not given battle, if the affairs of our soldiers had not been so desperate, and if the estates of Bohemia had not been so hesitant to put them right, then as your Majesty well knows, the city of Prague would have been looted by our own soldiers within a few days, and would have been unable to do anything to prevent it. This would have been very damaging for us, and that is what Count Bokwe wanted. So, in essence, he was blaming this on that the Bohemians had been sinful, and this was God's punishment, the soldiers hadn't been paid, he couldn't control them, which... To a certain extent, I believe that he genuinely believed that, and it wasn't just him making excuses, but some of this was deflecting off of him and his war effort. So he was partially right and partially wrong on this, where there was many of those conditions were something that happened that were out of his control, but there's ways he can do this and that he just couldn't or didn't. Another interesting note was Frederick and his wife would later become known as the Winter King and Queen, due to them only being rulers for about a winter. He was hunted by the Imperials for years, but that's inevitable since he was technically a king with a claim because he never gave that up he'll he would never give that up but we'll cover that next episode the loss of this battle put an end to this rebellion in all practicality leaving only mopping up of fortresses and minor forces still fighting against the imperials many of the officers of the rebels would retreat to other protestant nations but we'll cover that next time where i will do more of a detailed direct aftermath of the battle however this is this is only three years of a 30-year war we've only gotten started and it's gonna be getting worse in terms of violence and damage that will be done to europe along with the scale of which will increase this one was only a a fairly local rebellion with some neighbors helping so thank you for listening. Please check out my social media links. And my email is 3DECOT at gmail.com. Check out my Patreon if you wish to support me. Next week, we will cover the results of the loss of the Rebellion. And I will do a more opinion analysis on why I think the Rebels lost. And potentially after that, I will do a more unscripted debate with a couple of my, friend, a couple of my history friends about this section of the war. Thank you guys for listening in again. And see you guys next time.